Welcome to the Pure Energy Dogcast, where we talk about everything from dog training to dog ownership to business to God, you name it, we talk about it. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to episode number two. I am joined again with my lovely co-host, my husband, Travis. What are we going to be talking about today? Hey, guys. (laughs) So I want to pick back up kind of... where we left off mm-hmm. and start moving towards um, you giving the story on how you went from a in-home training company to a facility. Yeah, yeah. We want to share a lot about the business side of things today and just sort of break that down for you, explain where we started with the business, where we're going with the business, and some mistakes, some things that... Learning lessons. Want to, yeah, mm-hmm. things we want to share with you guys. So. Let's do it. So what did that look like for you? Well, we started the business in our house. So we took the business from an in-home dog training company to a dog training company in a facility. And that is a huge change. I know that I have a lot of friends in the dog training business. Again, I've been here for you know eight to 10 years. And over those years, we've built a lot of relationships. And I would say just out of my community of dog trainers and the people I know, probably 90% of them run the business from their home. Yeah. It is, it has its pros and its cons. Let's start with that actually. <laughs> <laughs> so having a dog training business in your home has pros and cons. The biggest pro I would say is obviously not having to pay for rent and the overhead expenses of a training facility. And that was probably the most appealing aspect of it when we first started because it was a brand new business. I had no idea at the time what I was getting myself into really. And I definitely was too intimidated and scared and just not not educated enough to feel like I could take on having rent and bills and stuff like that because I honestly had no idea if the business was going to work. Is it going to be revenue? Yeah, it was a leap of faith. It was one of those things that it was just like, let's give it a shot and let's see. So I think that's probably why most people do it that way. I have a lot of friends that started that way and now their businesses are big. They have employees who also, you know, run it out of their homes and stuff like that. And that's an amazing way to go. And for so many people that really does work and, you know, then there's obviously the, the pros of you wake up and you can roll right, right out of bed and you're at work, right? And you can get a lot done before having to necessarily, you know, get ready for the day or put on makeup or shower and all these things. You can, you know, I always was pottying dogs. Like the first potty round was always in pajamas and slippers, <laughs> always hair sticking up, Snow. sleepy still in my eyes, the whole bit. And we would just kind of, you know, do that, get situated, have my coffee, get ready after that, and just ease into the morning. So that's another benefit. Um, What else can I say is a benefit? I guess just having the comfort of having it there. Again, just being like, it's your home, you know, where everything is. It's not like you could have the potential of forgetting something. If you wanted to take a break midday, you could go into your living room or your kitchen. You know, there's a lot of conveniences to it. But then on the flip side, they're after getting into it for a while. So not right away. I didn't know this, you know, right off the bat. These were things that I picked up over time. 
the cons for me, what the biggest one for me, was not being able to ever really clock out. And what I mean by that is when you have board and trains in your home 24 seven, even if their last training session ended around six or seven or 8 p.m., you still have to do potty breaks after that. So that's in your home. And then if a dog is struggling with, you know, like the, the whining or the anxiety exactly. or anything like that, you still have to, to you know, you hear that or that distur uh, disturbs your sleep and you're waking up and you're having to deal with that. Um, the other thing was always having clients in my house. So my house, my home didn't really feel like a home anymore. It just felt like work after mm -hmm. a while because we were doing pretty high volume. So it was quite literally a revolving door, you know, clients dropping off dogs for training, board and train, group classes, private lessons, go home sessions, go home okay. sessions, everything. You just constantly are having people in your house and you know, it just, it starts to add up. And then on top of that, you were running your business out of the house, so you had your own office, right? Mm -hmm. So you were there, and then I was trying to be quiet, you know, not have, you know, dogs barking or people being too loud, because I, I know that that would disturb you. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that was, those to me were the biggest cons. Um, you know, and again, just going back to it, really for me, I wanted to be able to, at the end of the day, work really hard, pour my heart and soul out into the company, and then have a couple hours to myself where I can go home and just be with my family. Disconnect. And yeah, and really separate work from my home life. Yeah, I feel like, you know, being able to do that with a business for a startup is, is there's a ton of value to it because obviously you don't have the overhead, right? Like you can't start a, a coffee shop, yeah. right? And out of your house. Out of your house <laughs> and not out of the overhead, but... Um, yeah, there is those cons definitely wear, and obviously I got to experience that firsthand, and I saw that in you not being able to disconnect too, and especially you know you can't not correct a dog out of an, an anxious state, right? Because you just feel bad if yes. they're in the facility, you can't really tell, so it's not mm -hmm. like you know you're going to work the dog when you get back in, mm -hmm. and it, it it speeds up the process having the dog in the house, but at the same time it also burns you out. Yes. And burnout is definitely a real thing. I forget the exact percentage, but the burnout rate in the dog training industry is one of the highest out of all professions. Mm -hmm. There's a couple that beat it for sure, but it is it was higher up there than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. I was actually fairly surprised. And the more that I talk to my friends that are dog trainers and we, we discuss these things, almost all of them at one point or another have been at that point Just where they're like, break. we are done, yeah. like we can't anymore. <laughs> I remember there was twice that I felt like I was truly burnt out, working seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., plus, again, getting woken up in the night, middle of the night sometimes from dogs, even just scratching in the crate. You know how, like, eventually we got Primo pads that oh, made those it... plastic um, pans. Yes, there. the plastic yeah, trays so in the bottom. Like, if a dog just gets up and moves, and we can hear that, so... You know, and, I, and it really depends on the setup of your house. You know, if you can, a lot of people use their garages and things like that, but yeah. still, like, you, you can hear that stuff. So, you know, it was just, it definitely added up, and it got to the point where there was twice where I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I really don't think I can do this. I, like, my fire, my passion that I once was feeling every morning waking up, getting ready to go work those dogs was just not there anymore. And that was sad for me. Like, that was kind of like soul crushing because it was, a passion. it was my first baby yeah. 
you know, the company was my first baby. It was the first thing that I had to pour selflessly everything into, you know? And then in my favor, like lucky enough, right when I was hitting those burnout moments, that's when first we got pregnant with Shay. So it was kind of like, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. I know I'm going to have to take some time off here. So I kept running the business when I was pregnant with Shay up until eight months. Mm -hmm. Um, So I worked that pretty late and then took that time off. And then I took about eight months off after I had her because it was my first kid. Took me a while to bounce back. Took me a while to figure out my routine. And I just wanted to spend that time with her. And then around that eight-month mark, I was really starting to miss work. I felt like I was in a really good groove at home with being a mom and all of that. So we were fortunate enough to hire a nanny to be at the house all day. So even though I worked from home, in between dogs, I could dip into the living room and wherever she was or in the backyard and still see her. So that worked really well for a few years. And then, again, just started to feel that burnout of, you know, don't think I could do this anymore. But then we got pregnant with Tegan and I was like, okay, you know, here we go again. I took off um, a little bit sooner with him because I, we were kind of, under the, we, we knew that we really only wanted to have two kids. So I knew this was my last pregnancy. I really wanted to enjoy it. And I did. And again, I was really going through that transition of realizing that Shay was no longer going to be her only kid. So I wanted to spend a ton of time with her. And that's the beauty of having your own business. You can kind of dictate that schedule. You're not just given X amount of maternity leave. So we were able to do that. But then after having Tegan, I think I bounced back a lot quicker, maybe because I just kind of knew the routine. I knew, you know, second kid, I knew what to expect. I knew all of this was short-lived and the next phase would be coming soon. I was used to not sleeping and like all that stuff. So honestly, I think he was like, like four to six weeks old. And I was like, I'm ready. (laughs) I I am so ready. So I jumped. He was, yeah, he, oh my gosh, such, still is such an easy kid. And um, so, yeah, so I jumped back in a lot sooner with him, but those two breaks were definitely needed. And had that not happened, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would have stopped or what. So what, what does it look like from transitioning from that home business to a facility? Yeah, so when we moved to North Carolina, we put the business on hold, obviously, to move to a brand new state where we knew absolutely nobody but I knew I needed time. I knew I could not just jump right back into work. A, I had no idea if I could do it again. That was my biggest fear. Um, in New Jersey, I knew a lot of people. I came from the shelter world. People already, people already knew me in the community for working with dogs. So I almost feel a little bit like, not that I cheated, but like it was going to succeed. Like it was kind of you like had a, a marketplace. Shoe. Yeah, it was a shoe in It was like, well, you know, I didn't, ex- didn't expect it to be as successful as it was, but I had a good gut feeling that it would work. When we moved, we knew zero, zero people, absolutely nobody. And I was like, how do you start a business when you don't even have a friend to be like, hey, she's a great person. <laughs> you know? Without like a huge marketing budget. Yeah, yeah. So it was just, you know, I took some time off because of that but then I also really had to reevaluate because I knew I did not want to have it in our home you know our home that we bought out here we have a farm it is our own 
little slice of heaven. It's our little sanctuary. And we had tossed around the idea of building a facility right on the property and how that would save us money and all these things. And I instantly just shot it down. I was like, nope, 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 no way. I don't want to work and be home. I want to separate the two. Like I, my soul needs to separate the two. And that's when we were like, okay, let's start looking for a building. And then honestly, we, this was like, God was on our side with this because within maybe two two weeks maybe of looking for a building. I don't think it was that long. I yeah, we, we it was a couple, a couple of days. Spot. Yeah, and then all yep. of a sudden it was like it was. Uh, we we called a sign mm-hmm. right for office for rent mm-hmm. right just to kind of see kind of what the pricing was like. It was too small. It was too small, and then we explained to the gentleman that own the offices like what we were looking to do mm-hmm. and he called called me back within like I think 10 minutes he's like I think I might have the perfect place for you yeah and it was actually a building that he owned that he already had leased out that the uh, the leasee was looking to sublease a portion of it yeah yeah and it was just being used as storage it was this big open space it needed a ton of work so it was a big undertaking but we weren't afraid of that because you started in the house flipping business. So, you know, and by you doing it, I naturally got sucked into doing it with you. <laughs> and so it, it wasn't that scary to us because we knew, we saw the potential of it, even if in the rough state that it was in. So we cleaned it up in what, maybe a month? And then we were ready to rock and roll, got all of our permits, got everything settled, and then we opened. And it was like such a weight lifted off my shoulders, so exciting, and we love it. We're still growing into it, we're still filling it in, we're still changing things, we have a bunch of ideas for it, but it is just our perfect little spot for a training facility. This is the corner. Yes, we absolutely love it. <laughs> so going from the home to here, there was a whole new level of stress. Now it had rent and you know all the things that, all the extra expenses that go with that. We had the expenses of filling the place and putting in furniture and warming it up and just a lot of things that we didn't have before. Um, so that was a big change and that was a little bit stressful. But the beautiful thing of moving here, um, we found our local church, we got really involved and that's really where my faith and my walk with God started to grow. And this time around, the biggest change of all was that I knew I had God with me through the whole thing. Whereas before I felt like I was really doing it myself. Now, every time a problem came up or anytime I felt anxious or stressed, I immediately just leaned on him, gave it to him, prayed, and then he provided. And that not only was it a huge change in my life with my family, my friends and everything else, it was just a huge change for my business. And this time opening up, we had stated that this is a kingdom led business. God is our business partner. I pray over every decision that we make. I feel like he leads the way. If I do not get a solid yes and go, and now from him in prayer, we don't do it. We wait. And so far, that has worked in every situation. And we have had so much growth in eight months of being here. I never expected this. I remember when we were opening up, Pastor prayed over, um, you know, the business for us just really quick. And in his prayer, he had mentioned, you know, like, so much growth and so much fulfillment and being able to help and serve and being so busy and having so many clients that you have to hire a team. And I remember hearing it all and it even 
even in the moment, it just felt so big. I was like, well, I don't know if I could do all that. Like, that sounds amazing. That is what my heart wants, but I don't, I don't know if I can reach that. And I can't, but he can, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And just as Pastor said it would happen, very quickly, you know, we just, we realized we needed more help. We were booking out things. We were already having a wait list, and it was just me. And I knew I couldn't do, do it by myself. I, I knew. So we actually had one of our previous clients here that we had worked with. Um, her name is Megan. She reached out to me in an Instagram message after working with her dog. And she was just like, listen, I love what you did for our dog. I think this is like fascinating. I'm super like, intrigued by this business. I work in the medical field and I have for, I think it was like 15 years. And she's like, it just doesn't fill me up anymore. I'm just kind of doing the same thing every day and I would love a change and a challenge and if you ever hire somebody I would love to to talk to you about it and I remember I kind of sat on it like I was like oh thank you so much that's very flattering but I wasn't sure yet I was not sure if I was ready to make the leap from me doing this and trying to keep it smaller so that I still had a good like family work-life balance or growing a team which I knew would would require a lot more time training onboarding overseeing helping booking all that stuff so i was kind of you know toying around with the idea for a little while and then i started praying on it and i was i was getting good confirmations like she kept popping in my head and i kept praying for her and praying over the situation so i reached out and she came in for an interview and i just kind of knew in my gut my gut to me is where i feel god speaking to me the most and I was like, okay, I'm feeling this, but then my logical brain would kick in and I was still having that reserve of like, but I don't know, I don't know. Like that that fear fear, would kick in, exactly. And, you know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Um, It says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound judgment. So I had to keep reading uh, reading that verse and leaning into that. And I was like, okay, like he doesn't give me a spirit of fear. I have to look past this. It's not him speaking if if you're scared. Yes. And and yeah, anything that is fear or anxiety, that's the enemy. And I, I don't listen to that. That is not going to be my compass. So, you know, I was driving home after that meeting and I just kept saying to myself in my head, should I go from one to two? Should I go from one to two? Is, you know, I knew she was great, but I was like, do I want to make the leap from one to two? And as I'm saying this, I look up and I see the biggest, most beautiful, super close, not even out in the distance, like huge, right in my face. You can touch it. Yes. Double rainbow. (laughs) And it started out as one because I had seen it and then it turned into two. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's kind of, I mean, and God knows, I tell them all the time, I'm one of those people that I need a sign. You need to make it super clear to me for me to like be like, okay, this is it. And for me, praying in the car, should I go from one to two? And all of a sudden, a rainbow goes from one to two. Some people may call that coincidence. I call that, you know, God intervening. It's a green light. Yeah, (laughs) green light. Absolutely. Give me that go. So I'm at a red light and I take out my phone to text her. And as I'm texting her a picture of the double rainbow and I'm in my text, I was about to say like, wow, that's. That's interesting. She texts me that same picture that she saw the double rainbow driving home. And she's like, this is a good sign. And so instantly, yes, I needed that confirmation. I am one of those, I need that confirmation. So for her to say that, that was it. I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's dive in. Let's go. We got this. And she is amazing. So Meg is, 
is our board and train trainer. So at first we were both doing board and trains and now she has fully taken over that role. So if you sign up for a board and train program with us, Meg is your personal coach to coach you through the process and your dog's trainer. She updates you, she's on top of everything. She handles all of, all of the training aspects of every single board and train that we get. And she is crushing it. She is she has like a three month wait list and she's just, she's phenomenal. She She is one of those people that learned it so quick that even I was surprised. I remember I came home and I told you, I was like, she learned this faster than I did. <laughs> she figured this out so much quicker and it's just, it, it came natural to her and I love coaching her. I love giving her feedback because she is so coachable. She implements it right away. And that's just, I knew, I knew, and she's a go-getter. Like she will dig in, she will do the hard work. She's not afraid of hard she's work. She's a beast, yeah. She, yeah, absolutely. So, and she also helps out with group classes. Like she's always, you know, hanging out. And if we need a little help or an extra set of hands, she's there. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you get a chance to meet Meg, she's awesome and you're blessed just to get to know her. And then it turned into, okay, you know, I'm, Meg is taking over the board and trains, which is freeing up my time, which is great, but I'm still feeling really overwhelmed by all these calls and emails and bookings and, and all these things and sending out homeworks and PDFs and videos for clients and all of this extra material that we give out. And Meg and I were kind of joking around one day and I was like, man, like maybe it's time to hire like an office assistant. And it, that was like, it clicked. It was like green light, you know? And I had been reading the book, Who Not How. And that book really, I recommend that book to everybody. Um, I do the audio version so I can listen to it in the car and just get through it a lot faster. But in Who Not How, it really explains that you may be good or decent or you have the capacity to do things. That does not mean you are meant to do things. That does not mean that there is not somebody out there who would be better at that position, right? So we have to realize our strengths and our weaknesses. And that book really pointed that out. And I was like, man, I can do calls. I can do onboarding. I can do emails. I can do invoices and scheduling and all of that. But are you bottlenecking the business? A, I don't like it. And B, I'm, I'm not great at it. Like I would, you know, fall behind on calls and feel bad. It would take me about a week to get back to everybody because I was still training and I was still running group classes and I was still doing a couple board and trains and I was trying to squeeze in phone calls and social media and all of these things. And it was just kind of taking over everything. And I was feeling, feeling that, that stress and that, that overload again. Yeah. So then, you know, we, we put up a post online saying that, you know, we're going to be hiring a, you know, part-time office administration and th this is what it would cover and stuff like that. And Meg had said, she's like, um, you know, my friend Casey had reached out to you and she was friends with her for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, like since, since they were kids. And she's like, you know, you don't have to hire her, don't hire her just because she's my friend, you know, but I just want to let you know that, you know, I know her and I, I think she's a good person. And because I have so much respect for Meg, I was like, well, of course, like I, I have to speak to her. Like, let's get her on the list first, right? And went to the coffee shop, met with her, and again, just instantly knew everything she said and the vibe she was giving out and her um, faith in, in, in her life and her, her work and everything like that, I knew aligned with our core values as a company. And sometimes that's hard to find. You can find people that are really great at the job, but the core values don't line up. They don't fit the culture. Yes, yeah. and the culture of a company is hugely important. And 
instantly was just like, you got it. Like, come on in. And by the time I even text Meg to let her know, she was like, I, I know, Meg, Casey already told me, and she's on her way over. And <laughs> we jumped right in with Casey. And so Casey is our office administration, and she handles everything. Every If you call, you speak to Casey. If you get an email, it's from Casey. If you get an invoice, it's from Casey. If you get any follow-up information, any homework videos, all of that comes from Casey. She schedules everything for us. She controls all of her calendars. She does all that. And that was a huge weight off of my chest because now I could lean back into the things I loved, which was the business and training and teaching and leading. And I didn't have to be bogged down by all these phone calls. Mm -hmm. So, And I know so many of my friends trainers they they feel the exact same way like they're like girl I, I just got off the phone I'm doing phone calls while I'm training dogs and I'm like you need to hire somebody for that you need you need a who yep. you know for for that position and I really think that that is an overlooked area of the business when you're running your own business it's you know hiring that office help a lot of us get into dog training because we love dogs, we don't want to work for other people, we feel like we can really help and make an impact and a difference, and we don't realize all of the businessy and officey and all these other things that go into it. You're an entrepreneur. And systems and programs and all that stuff. And a lot of us, we're just like, we just want to work with the dogs. Like, I don't want to deal with mm. I love the clients. We need the client. Like, I love, spe I love speaking to them on the phone, but it was the time that went into it that just took away from the actual training. Right. And so that, I think, is a huge piece. And then a couple weeks or maybe a couple months go by, and I'm sitting there, again, after reading the book, Who Not How, and I'm thinking about other areas of the business that I do, but I am not great at or that I don't necessarily enjoy doing. And that was all of the social media and content creation and creative design I, like I always knew you know I, I follow all of these Instagram people that give you information of this is the algorithm this is what you have to post this many reels and you have to post photos and you have to use Canva and all this stuff and I have trainer friends that love doing that like Bethany from Walking Dog she is the Canva queen that <laughs> that girl can take any topic put it into Canva form and it is gold and she loves it. Like she has even, she's very outspoken. She loves that more than the dog training piece. Like that is her, that is her, she was put on this earth right. to do that because it's she, a superpower. yeah, she reaches so many people with that and she truly has a gift. I do not have that gift. <laughs> I was like, uh, what font do I use and what color should I make it? And I was just winging it. My feet you did a good had, job though. Thanks. You're sweet. You're my husband. But <laughs> my feed had no, like, cohesiveness, no vibe, no trend. It was just whatever I could randomly think of and throw up in between training dogs. Boom, it was there. And I was trying to help and serve, but don't know how many people I was reaching doing it. Because I'm, I've never been a super creative person in the form of, like, artwork. Like, that was just not my thing. I'm creative in conversation. I'm creative in relationships. I'm creative in reading people and understanding people and, and finding stories and messages that I know are going to land with them so they can see bigger pictures and visions. Not good with drawing. I'm not good with Canva, none of that. So we were kind of going back and forth, you and I, about you know what we could do there. And then all of a sudden I was, again, praying on it. And I very, very clearly, like audibly heard the words, Emily and Drew. And Emily and Drew are 
people that not only go to our church, but are in our church. They run worship. They are very creative. They are amazingly talented singers and musicians. Husband and wife. Husband and wife. They're just, I mean, they're our pastor's um, son and daughter-in-law. And we were, you know, friends with them and knew them through the church. But I was like, when I heard their names, I actually said out loud back as I was doing my makeup in the mirror, I was like, no, they do music. Like, they're going to be the next, like, Hillsong worship people. Like, they don't have time for this. I don't even know if they like Canva. Like, I actually <laughs> argued it. And then I was like, oh, wait, probably probably shouldn't argue back with God. Like, let's, let's see where this would go. And I sat on it for a few more days before I even brought it up to you because I thought it was that silly of an idea. Mm-hmm. And I bring it up to you, and I'm like, what do you think about Emily and Drew? And, like because they do all the creative design for church and the slides and everything. And, and I'm obsessed. Like I loved their style. I loved how they would put things together and how they could pull emotion through pictures. And you instantly were like, yes, like that is so good. So I was like, all right. And I remember we took them to lunch and I was so nervous because I was, I honestly, I knew I heard it from God, but I was like, you know what? They're going to shut this down. They're going to be like, nope, it's not music. Like, this is silly. And I took them to lunch, and I rambled for probably a good 20 minutes of like, so, guys, this is my plan. Blah, 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 blah. Like, super fast, super nervous, clammy hands. They were just sitting there, like, blinking. Did not, I did not pause. It was like one long run-on sentence because I was so nervous. And then I stopped, and I was out of breath, and I was like, so what do you think? You know, like, what do you guys think? And Drew was like, uh, I think it's a great idea. And I was like, really? Oh, my gosh, are you sure? And, you know, then that just snowballed into Emily, who really handles all all of our social media content. She is amazing at Canva. She puts together these graphics. She's really good with the descriptions and all this stuff. And she just really has an eye for that. And then, you know, that that's her, her main thing and doing reels and all that for me. Again, another huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And then Drew is really the guy behind. He rebranded our whole business, changed up our logo, picked our color scheme, which I've struggled with that for eight years. Could not figure out what our colors were within what, like five days. Drew was like, here you go. And had that all figured out. Um, they both run our podcast. All of this stuff that you are seeing, you know, podcast-wise is all them. They are able to put all this together for us. Um, videos, YouTube, they come out with our shirts and our designs and just everything. We have so much more coming than what's even already out there. And all of that is going to be them, which is amazing. And then... Last but not least, the next edition, once, you know, we started rolling and getting everybody up to speed, we realized that it would be great to have one more trainer on board because Meg was already starting to book out. My group classes were really booking out and we realized we needed another set of hand training wise. And that's where Taylor comes into the picture. And with Taylor... We, she again is currently working a full time position, so she will be coming in after hours to pick up some evening group class um, spots, which is amazing because some people, our Saturday classes book up really fast, so sometimes people need to, um, you know, come to a class after they get out of work around 5 30 or 6. So she's going to be heading up all of those group classes. 
And then we realized that she would be a perfect fit for private lessons, which wasn't something we were currently offering. We had offered in New Jersey, but we didn't offer here once we moved and reopened at the facility because I didn't have the time to put into that. And she's like, I would love to do that. So now just very recently, we just actually signed up our first private lessons client clients here in North Carolina. Again, we, we know the program. We I ran it for years in New Jersey, but she's going to be handling all of those as well. And then hopefully, if God allows, one day she will be able to come on the team full time and also be able to pick up some board and trains as well. So we have this huge team and all of this happened within a really short span of eight months. And really none of it was just me cherry picking and deciding I want this, that, and the other thing. It was through prayer and God saying, you need this, you need that. Like you're, you're good at this, but this person is better at this. Reach out to them. And so we really didn't have to like post about these jobs. These people just kind of came into our lives at the right time. And so that's just something that, you know, we realized that's, that's where we needed to be. And that's in doing that and in hiring these people and having everybody in these positions, it is a gift because it helps me out a ton, but also it gives them their own creative outlets. And I really believe that, you know, God put, puts a calling on everybody's life. And I feel like this is a way for them to express that and grow, you know, and, and really, figure out their path and serve and, and all that stuff. So that's where we're at team. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, the right butts in the right seats are, it's a game changer. Once you can actually implement and understand somebody's skill sets and be able to plug them in like the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what you've done is, is commendable, right? With God's help as well, mm -hmm. obviously, but, um, you recognizing those strengths is is key yeah so i mean and you know you've, you've gotten to a place and you know those of you out there looking to you know either start your dog training business or scale it i feel like paying attention to having a teachable repeatable process for everything that you do within your business you know especially the training program mm -hmm. is key because if you start to build your brand around you you'll never be able to scale out of it absolutely and i think a lot of a lot of the, or the main reason a lot of these dog trainers or people looking to get into the dog training business don't scale and they kind of keep it small is because they're afraid, right? That fear kicks in. It's the fear of the unknown. And I had written down, I don't remember exactly who said this, but I heard it. It said, the enemy, if he can get you to not even go to the battlefield, he's already won. Amen. And that was me when I was thinking, should I reopen? Should I do this? If I had not gone to the battlefield and stepped out, I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing this. We all as a team, all six of us would not be together right now working on these projects and living lives, lives of, of meaning and of purpose. And, you know, through all of us having a Christian mindset and a Christian background, we do Bible study on Mondays every morning as a team, followed by a same page meeting. And I really feel like all of us are growing so much through that. Every single Monday, there's takeaways, there's growth. We share stories, we grow closer together. It pushes our mission more. It makes us excited to tackle mm. that next week. Beautiful. And I love it. Like Mondays are my favorite day work-wise, but then also Fridays because we get to record the podcast, which is another one of my passions. So 
you know, through having a team and having people help out with these other aspects of the business, it's starting to free me up to give me the passion and the outlet to do what I want to do with the business, which is educate. Like I'm in a position now where I still love dog training, but my main passion is education and uplifting people and empowering people and also spreading the word of God and of Jesus and of being like, Hey, you can incorporate this into your business. This doesn't just have to be, you go to church on Sundays and then you go to work. You could and should blend the two. And there's ways to go about doing that. And I'm really excited to use these different platforms to start to help getting that message out there. And so, you know, for me, some of my passions that I'm getting excited to start to undertake obviously are the podcast. I love teaching and educating. I would love to start seminars where we, you know, work with owners in some seminars. Um, we can also work with dog trainers and explain building your business and how to expand and all of that stuff. So by us being able to do that as a team, we can reach more people and just have different options and different outlets. So for me, that's, you know, where our business went from, from running it out of our house, just me, to this whole team, to having God on board, to really changing our lives completely. And I love it. I'm so grateful for it. We're blessed. It's amazing. You've come a long way. Yep. Yep. So I think that pretty much wraps up everything I wanted to cover today on our business personally and just how we run everything here at Pure Energy. But... Stick around for next week. We'll have more stuff coming for you. See ya.